so many things could be said about, said about that video, but I think the true power behind it, at least for me, is that I can see myself in her shoes. There, there are times that Jesus has asked me to trust Him, and I thought, nope. In fact, there are even honest times in my life when I've been honest where I said, yeah, God, I, I don't trust You. Let, let's have this real authentic relationship that we talked about and I just don't trust you. And then there's there's the point where we give up some of that and we 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 start to see God doing things and and the excitement that comes when when God does that and and I do trust you now and and God in fact every time you ask me to do this one thing I I know you're there. In fact, sometimes I jump before I should jump and and do all those things. But then God asked me to do something that doesn't feel safe. And I get to the point where I just say, yeah, God, I guess I really don't trust you. And I refuse to do what he's asking me to do. You know, as I was preparing this message, one of the things that kept popping in my head is, why is it so easy for me and, and probably many of you to trust Jesus with our eternal life, but it's hard to trust Him with our daily life. It is for me. Let's pray. Father, I, I pray that this morning, as, uh, as I'm able to share, God, what, you're, what You've laid on my heart, and, and uh, God, I, I pray that you would, Your Spirit would uh, convict and move and and God, that together we as a church would, would, would come to an understanding of what it is to trust you. And, and God, that we would ultimately trust you more with our daily lives. Thank you for being an awesome God. And I know that every time that we fall, you will catch us. We rely on you for that. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Kevin Campbell. I came to Wyzetta about eight years ago as a middle school pastor. And I was 25, young and full of ambition. And with that ambition, sometimes were disappointments of votes that didn't go my way or things, job descriptions that weren't written the way that I wanted them to be written or thought they should be. And, and sometimes a ministry that just didn't move as fast as I thought it should. To be honest, there were times that I thought about resigning my position, but I couldn't. You see, I had this deep belief and continue to have this deep belief that God has something big in store for this church. So I only had one option. I had to stay and trust that God knew what was happening. Not only does God know what's happening, but God's orchestrating what's happening. Because of God and His perfect timing, I, I just got back a couple of weeks ago from my sabbatical. And I was able to take a sabbatical with knowing that high school and middle school were flourishing because just ten months prior, we, in God's timing, hired another middle school pastor and another high school pastor that ran the ministries while I was gone. I now get the opportunity to work on a on a as a team with our children's pastor and our kids, our early childhood's pastors. 
And since being from back from sabbatical, I get, I, I'm gonna have this opportunity to work with Carol and, and get to, uh, in the area of connecting ministry and, and, and connecting people to, why is that a free? I get to go into Kevin's office and dream about what God might have for us. And then I get to walk over to Mike Brinksman's office and plan out the ways to implement that dream. I am so glad that I didn't give up and stop trusting what I knew God has for us at Wise Free. It's something that's, that's going to be good. My job is now something that I couldn't have imagined all those years ago. And it's so good, so good to, for me to be here. I, uh, from time to time, am reminded of a, of a passage. And, and sometimes it's really good to be reminded of Scripture, and sometimes it's kind of convicting to be reminded of Scripture. But, but the passage says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Or, or it's written a little differently in the New Living Translation. But, truth be told... I had to look up the reference for that verse. You see, I'm really pretty good at knowing what the Bible says, but I'm not all that great about knowing where it says it in the Bible. So I went on Bible Gateway and did my little Bible reference thing. And, and as I was doing that, I, I came to discover that that verse is, is in Jeremiah. And, and God is actually speaking through his prophet Jeremiah to um, his people who are in exile because they didn't listen to God and so now they're in this time of exile, and, 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 and Jeremiah has, brings this message to him, which is, I know the plans for you, but if you read a little bit before it, it says, it's basically God saying, look, in this time of exile, you're going to be here a while. So settle in, because this isn't going to be easy, but I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. Have you ever noticed that it's often hardest to trust God in times of hardship. You know, that point before complete brokenness, because eventually we get there and things just... But that point before complete brokenness, where we are full of worry and, and stressed out and, and have this anxiety and, and fear, it's in those times that I don't have an option to trust or not trust God. I need God to show up. It's that prayer time where I'm, I need God to show up. It's often in these times that we hear people say, well-intentioned people, as they may be, God has a plan. Or, I'll pray for you. And maybe I'm just a cynic, but sometimes that's not what I want to hear. I, I, I want to hear, I mean, that, it's great. I feel like saying, oh, that's great. But I could really use some help. Right? Uh, if you could just solve this thing for me. If you could just help me lift this, and then it would be, I, I could just really use some help. I hate the thought of it, but I think many times, those I'll pray for you and God has a plan really have become slogans for people that 
just don't know what else to say. But the truth behind them doesn't change. God has a plan. And, and, and really, when we pray and seek God, He has a promise. You know, oftentimes I pray, and, and I, I pray daily, and one of the things I do is I pray with my daughters, and as we go to bed and we pray, and, but, but my prayers oftentimes go something like this. When I wake up, hey God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the sunshine, thank you for whatever it may be. And, and God, will you, will you watch over my family as we go our separate ways? Will you take care of them and protect them? And, and God, when, when we come home, I, I pray that you provide for us the things that we'll need. You know the truth? It's for those things. I really don't need much prayer when you look at it. You see, I buy safe cars. And my safe cars have seatbelts in them. And the likelihood of my kids getting hurt on the way from to school and everything, probably not that likely. And, and my wife and I have a job. And, and our job allows us to go home in the evening and not fear that we might not have food on the table. I, I can accomplish those things aside from, I can accomplish these things without God. You know, it, it's prayers like this that I really think doll our spiritual senses to what God is doing or what God can do. And, and for some of us, it wouldn't look much different if God had just left us a moral code when Jesus ascended into heaven rather than his living spirit. But remember what Jesus said. He said, it's good for you that I'm going away. When's the last time you had to trust God? Now, think about that. I bet, if you just think for a moment, it wasn't that long ago. Because we all live in these spots where we look like things are going great on the outside, and for times, things can seem to be going really well. But when that falls, and we can't rely on it, really, we need to trust in God. Trust what Jesus has said. Trust what God has said. But there are many barriers that, that block us from trusting God. We all have different areas where it's easier for us to trust. Some of us, some of us um, have, have seen God do amazing things with our family. So when it comes to families, we have no worries because we've seen God answer prayer and prayer. And yet we hold on to the sphere of finances. For some of us, there, there's all different areas of where we, we, it's really easy for us to trust God. And, and then there's areas where it's, it's, God can deal with this, but he can't deal with that. This is just too big for him. So, some of us have no idea what we're supposed to trust God for. Or what we're supposed to trust God to do. 
Still, there are others of us that have been hurt so bad in the past by someone that there's no way we're ever going to trust God again. I have three daughters. Samantha, who's my oldest, when she was about one year old, my brother and I, my brother's 13 months younger than I am, and Samantha had the privilege of being born when I was still under the age of 23. So I was a kid. So this next story, don't be shocked by it, okay? I recognize what we did was not good, and I probably shouldn't be telling you. But I'm going to tell you anyway to make a point. Samantha was about, I'll say one, she was probably younger than one. And my brother and I, my brother's 13 months younger than I am, and uh, we've always had fun together, just competition, playing sports and whatever. And, and this time, we decided that we were going to toss my daughter back and forth. See, that's a response that I would now have, but at the time it didn't, didn't freak me out at all. So we would stand, if I would be here, my brother would be over here. And we would take my one-year-old daughter and throw her up in the air. And you know what she did? She laughed and she giggled and she wanted more and we'd do it again and she laughed and she'd giggle and she'd want more. You know why she was able to do that? Because she's never been dropped. She had never been dropped. We in this room, we've been dropped. We have all felt disappointment. We all have pain. And then what happens is we put up these, to to protect ourselves, to make sure it doesn't happen again, we put these barriers around us. We do it with people, we do it with um, employers, we do it in all these different ways. And then since God, who is this all-powerful, all-knowing God, could have stepped in at any time and stopped it from happening, we take a barrier and we keep God on the outside. You know, when, when Jesus is talking about childlike faith, I think he's talking about faith of one-year-old Samantha. Not being dropped. Not being dropped. Still, there's, there's others of us who are barrier to, to trust in Jesus. Is, is really this deep down belief that we can handle it better. That we can, we can do things better. I have this problem as, as a guy. I don't know if it's, it's probably not something all guys have, but my, Mike Brinkman, who's, uh, my, my, uh, who is the ministry pastor at YZ and has, it was a guy that hired me and just a mentor and friend. It will say to me, Kevin, you're not the Messiah. Or, Kevin, you have a Messiah complex. Which, I just have this desire when I see something that's broke, I, I, I want to fix it. I, that's, I think I'm pretty good at fixing it. And, and he'll remind me I'm, I'm not the Messiah. But we sometimes... Us, those of us that are barrier to, to, to um, trusting God is, is our own selves. We sometimes create structures and formulas that allow us to bypass our reliance on God. We build up large accounts to get through retirement securely. We send our kids to the right schools and make sure that they're involved in the right activities. We even sometimes do this as churches. We can become so scripted and programmed that, with tried and true stuff 
that we rely and cling to that rather than seeking what God has in store for us next. There's a proverb, or as if you're a youth student here, you would know a proverb is a wise saying. And there's a proverb in the Bible that's found in chapter 3, verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. Do not lean on your own understanding. What's saying is, get out of your own way. Trust that what God has for you is better than what you can do for yourself. Get out of your own way. Oftentimes when we trust in our own understanding and other worldly things, that these structures that we create, it, they, it leads to stress. Because if one of these structures fall, I mean, I'm juggling all these things. If one of these things happen, now you're going to add another one and I'm juggling. It leads to worry, anxiety, fear, oftentimes disappointment. Some, some of you may have experienced it over the last month. I, I was in Pennsylvania. You know, one of the crazy things, just a side note, as uh, my, my wife was talking to my sister-in-law uh, yesterday on the phone. My sister-in-law moved to New York City uh, a week ago. And she said, or, yeah, it must have been a week, yeah, a week ago. She said, I've been here a week or two, and in that time I've experienced the, I've felt the shakes of an earthquake and the effects of a hurricane. Crazy. But, but when we, when we do that, when we, when we, Carry things, we, we get stressed. The stock market, speaking of New York City, many of you, I was in Pennsylvania um, when, I, when I was on my sabbatical. I was in Pennsylvania with my dad. And my dad is a, uh, a big believer in the stock market, let's just say that. And uh, so he watches the stock market and, and he watches it and he'll say things to me like, just lost $10,000. In one day. The, ro- the roller coaster of the stock market goes like this. And, and think about how, how tied some of us are to that. Where we're trusting this, this thing that we have in store um, down the road. But remember what Jesus tells us in the Gospel of Matthew. Don't worry about your life. Let's put this passage up here. Matthew six twenty five through 24. Or 34. It says this, it says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. Don't they plant? They don't plant or harvest or store in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries at a single moment of your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you more. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things. What we eat what we will drink, what we wear. 
These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Let me just pause there for a second. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. What are you clinging to in that old life? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Those statements are so outside my reality as a middle-class American. Since my first job, I was told, it's a good idea to put money away for retirement. Before the age of 21, I was putting money into a Roth IRA for the someday, so that I would not go broke in retirement. I'm not saying that being prepared for the future is bad, And the passage that we just read could be a whole other sermon within itself, which I'll leave for Kevin Meyer. But I do think we can agree on this. Life can go awry when we trust in things rather than God. My mom, and I'm going to use my mom as another illustration in just a sec, but I think every time I get up here I share something about my mom. But, but my mom has this, this heart where she gives things away. And uh, my brother, and she doesn't have a lot. I mean, she doesn't have a lot to give. But my brother, we were talking and he was so frustrated. He went out and uh, got her a new um, plasma. Plasma was the thing at the time. Plasma TV. Nice. A week later, Rochester and southern Minnesota had all these floods, and she heard of someone that lost everything. So she took her TV and gave it to him. As her son, I go, Mom, what are you doing? I have a conversation with my mom all the time. Mom, you can't give everything away. You've got to put it in retirement. You've got to put it in retirement. You know what, though? I think if Jesus were talking to my mom, he wouldn't be saying the same things. So I, I need to check myself and make sure what I'm saying really lines up with, with what God is saying. God has a promise for us. It's found in the second part of the proverb I read earlier. It says, Seek His will in all that you do, and He will show you which path to take. That's the great thing about God. He doesn't just say, trust me and, you know, and, and you know, I might come through for you. But it says, trust in God, seek His ways, and He will make your path straight. That's how we do that. Well, I think the Jesus character in the film that clip that we watched had it right. Practice. Growing up as a child, I used to get down on myself. I would get to the point when I would just shout out, I can't do this! My mom, 
would walk over in my way and would make me repeat multiple times, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. In the same way, our trust in the Lord starts with a proclamation. I trust you. I, I trust you. We all have areas of our lives that's going to be really hard. But think about it. He is the all-knowing and all-powerful God. If you can't trust Him, who can you trust? I love many things about Jesus' life. I love reading it in the Gospels. And one of the cool things is, is this relationship that he has with his disciples. And I mean, what a riffraff bunch of guys. And, and I think of Peter, too. I mean, just how many times did Peter get scolded and, and told, come on, Peter. But there's a spot in John 15 where, where Jesus is addressing them. And he says, our, our relationship has changed. No longer do I call you servants or slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I've told you everything that the Father has told me. You know, I want to be at that spot. For so long I, I, I've had this, you know, this understanding that my desire is to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. That's good. But really what I want is to be a friend of Jesus. Because a friend of Jesus is someone that Jesus confides in. And trust starts with the same way. As as we start to trust God with these little things, we, we come to an understanding that we can trust God with these big things. And God is a God who continues to reveal things to us. He continues to show things to his friends. I want to be at that point with my trust in God. Sometimes when I listen to the message, I think, yeah, right on. And then I walk out the auditorium and seem to forget everything I just heard. I don't want that to happen today. I want to be on this journey together in in knowing what it really means to trust God. So I have some action steps for us as, as we uh, leave. I want us to ask ourselves, myself included, what areas of my life am I not trusting Jesus? Then this week I want us to, to pray and tell Jesus, I trust you. I trust you. And then Allow that to begin to happen as we trust Him. And then, it doesn't have to be big. Start small. But what is an area that, that I need to trust Jesus in? The cool thing is, when we do that, there, I mean, there, there's a book about a, a guy who asked God to surprise him. And all these big things started happening. The cool thing is that when we ask God to do something... He often does it. So what I love is as we're doing this together and asking and, and telling Jesus that we're going to trust him with more and more, I would love to hear stories of, of what's happening. 
You can always email me. In fact, any pastor at the church or anyone at the church, their, their email is always first name, last name, at yzfree.org. So Kevin, dot, with a dot in between, dot Campbell, at yzfree.org. If, if you're up for it, and we walk out of this auditorium together, and you're praying, God, I trust you with this. Send me a note. Let me know what happens. Because I'd love to hear. Let's pray. Father's trust is such a tricky thing. Because in our everyday lives, it's so easily broken. <laughs> I'm guilty of breaking many people's trust. But I know, Father, that you are a man, a, be- a God who keeps your promises. And God, you've promised that if I seek you and and don't lean on my understanding, that you will make my path straight. So, Father, I pray that you would do that. Help us as a church to rely more on you and to trust you with our everyday lives. Amen.